Welcome to Tice Talks, episode 31. It's part two of our podcast, Till Death Do Us Part, Hope and Healing for the Blended Family with Dr. David Tice and our resident guest, (laughs) somewhat permanently, Charity Berkey. (laughs) (laughs) I am happy to be here. Our last podcast, if you haven't listened to it, go back right now and listen to it. It is so excellent for those who have been divorced or those who have been in a blended family and they have questions about, okay, can I live for the Lord? What does the Bible actually say about divorce and remarriage? Um, We're going to get right into where we left off in the last podcast. And we were at 1 Corinthians 7. And Dad ended last podcast with these words that 1 Corinthians was the last word that God gave us on the subject of divorce, the last final word. And so it's something that we need to dig in and get what the Lord has for us so we can understand for those of us who have lived in the culture of our world, our culture that promotes all kinds of fornication, all kinds of anything you can think of, it is promoted. And now that you, you know, when you get out of that and you're saved, and you want to live for the Lord, and you want to have a family, and you don't want to commit adultery, yet you've been told different things that the Bible says, but you're not sure what's right. So go back and listen to that, but right now we're going to jump right in to what he left off on 1 Corinthians. So in 1 Corinthians chapter 7, I'm so glad that you're listening. Again, I would encourage you to go back and listen to the last uh, um, podcast because it sets up the foundation for what we're going to talk about. Jesus addressed a divorce and remarriage. Paul is going to address issues that Jesus did not address because he's talking to a different crowd. He's talking to a Gentile church that have got people that have had all sorts of uh, baggage from their background, and they've written to Paul, and they want to know, uh, what do we do? How do we keep ourselves pure with this baggage that we have, this stuff that's gone on in our life? And Paul just writes under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit exactly how we should conduct ourselves. Now, as you're reading 1 Corinthians chapter 7, you need to realize that, that Paul is addressing three types of individuals. He addresses the unmarried. He addresses the widow. And it's not until verse 25 that he addresses the virgin. So he, in verse 25, he says, Now concerning virgins, Paul taught systematically. And so he's going to address, first of all, unmarried people, unmarried people who obviously are not virgins. And he's going to, un, he's going to talk to widows. Now we know a widow is somebody whose spouse has died. And so he's going to tell a widow what they should do, and he's going to tell a unmarried person that is not a virgin how they should conduct themselves. And who would be included in that? Obviously, unmarried would be people who who are not virgins, who have had uh, premarital sex, or somebody who has been divorced. divorced or remarried or in a polygamous situation. Okay. So Paul, so Paul's going to address those issues. So he says this. Now concerning the things whereof you wrote unto me, 
it's good for a man not to touch a woman. If you want to stay morally pure and you want to stay single the rest of your life, if you want to, if you want to stay single and you want to stay morally pure, then keep your hands to yourself. There's, there's the first principle. Uh, that's if you want to remain single. They, or if the, you want to stay morally pure. That's right. You Still stay, keep your hands yourself, even though you want to get married. Yes. Doesn't mean go be all touching everybody. <laughs> that's right. So you keep yourself, keep yourself, if, if you want to stay, if you're single and you want to stay morally pure, then keep your hands to yourself. Nevertheless, he says, there are people who do not want to stay single and they don't, and uh, so, and and they want to be physically involved with somebody, uh, and but they don't want to commit fornication. Here he says, then nevertheless, to avoid, he just it just says it, to avoid sexual sin, fornication. Let every man have his own wife, and let every woman have her own husband. That is, get married. It's all right to get married. The question comes up: If I've been divorced. And uh, can I get remarried? Yes. So again, he's addressing people who have been the unmarried. The unmarried is somebody who is divorced or who has just been in immoral. Immoral. So So he's saying if you are unmarried to the church of Corinth, to the people who live, have lived in the world and have acted like the world, if you have been married before and you are no longer married, yet you want to be married, go ahead and get married. Yes, and then he's going to give the regulations. He's going to tell you how to stay morally pure. Let the husband render unto the wife due benevolence. That is, husbands love your wife the way they want to be loved. And likewise, also wives unto the husband. That is, you love your husband the way he wants to be loved. Be with each other physically. The wife hath not power of her own body, but the husband. And likewise, the husband hath not power of his own body, but the wife. When you get married, you give your body to your spouse. So if you wind up, you say, hey, I don't want to stay single the rest of my life. I want to marry somebody. You find a Christian woman, a Christian man, then you make a commitment to stay married to that person for the rest of your life, and you be with that person. When you get married, you give your your spouse your what your 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 body. Defraud ye not. Then don't say no to your spouse. Defraud ye not um, one another, except it be with consent for a time that you may give yourselves to fasting and prayer and come together again that Satan tempt you not for your incontinency. He says it's very important that you be together. He compares it to eating. He says just as as much as you need to eat, you need to be together physically uh, so that Satan won't tempt you for your incontinency, which means your lack of self-control. The reason you got married was because you have the physical desires. But I speak this by permission and not by commandment. I'm not commanding you that you have to get married. I'm saying you have permission to get married. For I would that all men were even as myself, but every man hath not this, his proper gift. After this manner and after And why does he say that? that? He says some people have the desire to get married, some and people about don't. Himself, that's right. Like, he said, I don't, I'm, I'm I don't, good. I'm yeah, single. I, I like it. I don't want to. Yeah, that's exactly right. I say, therefore, to the unmarried and to the widow, now listen to this. Here's where I get this term unmarried because he's saying I'm speaking to the unmarried 
and to the widows. He's not talking to virgins because he's not going to talk to virgins until verse 25. I say to the unmarried and to the widow, it is good for them if they abide even as I. So it's good if you just stay single. But if they cannot contain, that is, if they really want to be with somebody physically, it uh, let them marry, for it's better to marry than to burn. And the statement is obvious. That's ex- it, what, what it sounds like is exactly what he's saying. It's better to get married than to burn with a lust to be married and not satisfy that need. Unto the married now, he says... So now, done talking to you to you unmarried people. Done with you uh, widows and unmarried people. Now I'm talking to you to, married to people. the married people. Knowing yeah. that that this is systematic is what you is so important in this passage. Yes. I mean, it's so helpful in understanding and deciphering what I am supposed to do as a person that has been divorced. Okay. So so he says you can get married. It's better to marry than burn. Hey, it'd be okay if if you stay single. That's what I prefer. But he says, if you want to get married, it's better to marry than to burn. Unto the married, I command, yet not I, but the Lord. Now, what he's saying here is this, that what I'm going to address now is something that God, Jesus, already addressed. And unto the married, I command, yet not I, but the Lord, let not the wife depart from her husband. Okay, so... Should I, if I'm, if I'm a Christian and I'm married to somebody, uh, should I, do I have a right to divorce him? Should I divorce my spouse? No. And if she depart, well, what if I, what if she, I do depart? If she depart, let him remain, let her remain unmarried or be reconciled to her husband and let not the wife, uh, not, let not the husband put away his wife. So are there times where, uh, maybe physical abuse takes place. Uh, something is happening where it's an endangerment for a, a woman to stay with her husband. There's physical danger. There's a problem. Yes, that can happen. And so what do you do? If you're a Christian and you're married to somebody who's abusive, then if you, if you depart, then remain unmarried and work at reconciling to your spouse. That's what you should do. Then he says the same. He reverses it and says the same thing's true. Right. You should with a never husband. stay in an abuse. You should never stay there. Yes, and get abused. There is no permission given to. Yes, please beat me. No, hmm. try to try to get re- reconciliation while you and your children are in a safe spot. James Correct? Dobson wrote a wonderful book called um, "Love Must Be Tough." Excellent book dealing with a situation where you have a husband, you have a wife who is morally impure or physically abusive. What do you do? And I would recommend that. Highly Highly recommend that book. It's excellent. So you don't have to stay in an abusive situation. He says you can depart and remain unmarried and work at reconciliation. But he says now, so he says... And if she depart, let him remain unmarried or be reconciled to her husband and let not the husband put away his wife. So he says this is something that the Lord already addressed back in Matthew chapter 19 in the last podcast. But now he says to the rest, speak I not the Lord. I had a guy say to me, would that mean that he's speaking, that this part isn't inspired? No, 
Paul is saying, I'm going to address some issues now that Jesus didn't address in Matthew chapter 19. So under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, he says, I'm telling you, Jesus didn't talk about this, so I'm going to talk about this. If any brother hath a wife that believeth not, he's talking to a Gentile crowd. Uh, if any believe not, not a gentle crowd, a Gentile crowd. <laughs> People uh, who aren't Jews. That's right. <laughs> so if any brother hath a wife that believeth not, and she be pleased to dwell with him, let her not put uh, her, let him not put her away. Now, why didn't Jesus address this? Because he was talking to Jewish people. They were all, they were, they were they all believers. They, they were all believers. Yes, they were all mark. part of. They yeah. understood. They understood uh, okay. the law. They all yeah. were. So, yeah. so, so, so that wasn't the case. So, so now he's, but he's dealing with. It a bunch wasn't of, the mixed multitude. Yes, and yes, and, <laughs> and, but this—that's what he's got here. He's got yeah. people who have now gotten saved and their spouse didn't get saved. Right. Uh, they, they, he got. He's talking to people who, all sorts of different backgrounds. Okay, so, so the Bible says, and the woman which hath a husband that believeth not, and if he be pleased to dwell with her, let him not leave her. So my husband says, hey. You're a Christian, fine. I don't want to go to church. I don't want to be with that. I you have just multiple go do your thing. friends who yeah. they are faithful at church, raising their kids in church, and their husbands an unsaved man. Yep. And good men. I have one. She's like, I have an excellent relationship with my husband, and he's a good, hardworking businessman. Just continue to pray for his salvation. He's a skeptic. Yeah. Yeah. So, and so, that's so what do you do? Yeah. You, you, uh, and, and it's amazing too. There are some, some, uh, some husbands who know what it means to be saved mm-hmm. and they want they 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 have, they want the saved wife and yes, all the good things yeah. that come with it but they, but they don't want to live it themselves the lord yeah he says don't you don't leave them mm-hmm. for why and this is a fascinating verse and this is saying this is just a it's a good man not he's not a bad man he's not abusing yeah. you he's not going having affairs on you he's just he's just he's, he's not a believer he's not a believer you stay with him why for the unbelieving husband is sanctified. Now that doesn't mean he's saved, but he's the word sanctified means set apart by the wife. And the unbelieving wife is sanctified, set apart by the husband. Else were your children unclean, but now are they holy. There's a protection there on your children because you are in submission in submission and uh, and loving your spouse that is not saved. So God's got them set apart and is working with them. And your children are holy, hagios. They are they are they are made. They are they are sanctified. They are set apart. They are made holy by God. So That's God's so going to protect them because it's like your children. You're not your children aren't saved at three and four. I mean, some of them are, but it's as they watch your life and as you live your lifestyle that they want to know your God. Yeah. And it's the same kind of idea for the husband. They see your lifestyle, the, your conversation, as the King James calls it, let your lifestyle of loving Lord, and it puts inside of desires for them to desire to be, to be saved yes. and desired so they can be one to the Lord. Yep. So he goes on. He says, but if the unbelieving, if the under, what, what about if the unbelieving departs? If the unbelieving depart, let him depart. Oh, what? So he's going to depart and I'm never going to be able to be remarried? No, that's not what the Bible says. A brother or a sister 
is not under bondage in such cases, but God hath called us to peace. So I'm un- I have an unsaved husband. He leaves me. Or an unsaved wife, or an and unsaved she leaves wife. me. He leaves, she, he, she leaves me. Can I still get married? Am I in bondage to this commitment that I made before? And right there it says, it's very nope, clear. absolutely no, not. I'm, you're totally free. Uh, when you're set free from bondage, you're free. The, um, uh, the he that is made free is uh, free indeed. Is free indeed. So he's free. This the woman's free. The man's free to do that which they feel God has led them to do. Now he says, "For what knowest thou, O man, or, or, or wife, whether thou shalt save thy husband, or how knowest thou?" Uh, O man, whether thou shalt save thy wife. But God hath distributed to every man, as the Lord hath called every one, so let him walk, and so ordain I in the churches. So God very clearly says, so this is the pattern in the church. If somebody's married to an unbeliever, stay married to that unbeliever. But if they depart. Now, I believe this. If somebody says, well, I am going to live with uh, four different women, but I still want to be married to you. No, he's departed. Right. If somebody says, I'm going to go off and live the life, uh, an immoral life, heterosexual or homosexual, then they've departed. They've left. So and, this is and, the kind of circumstances that you would say, yes, you need, you, you can choose whatever you want to do, but you can get divorced biblically it, they have the one. They have been like we talked about in the last podcast. They are the ones that have committed adultery, and you. They've broken the marriage vows. The vows are already broken. That's right. It's and already done. You're free. So you are now freeing yourself by yes. You are allowed to serve those divorce papers. You're not it. You're not going against God, and you're not going against your. You're you're on your way to heaven, <laughs> you know. Yes. You're you've not put a big X on yourself, um, so that's where you would say these are circumstances. And he says that, this. He ordains this in the churches. Wow. He's saying this is the way the churches should operate. So uh, we have married the people who have been divorced, and and uh, we've remarried them. And people say, how can you do that? Because God says it. God ordains right there, it in the church. Right there in 1 Corinthians 7. Yeah. And, and we want to do everything crystal. we can. Now, we really suggest that with with everything that there be premarital counseling. And, that, and Paul's going to go on and say here that you marry only in the Lord. But again, let's, let's finish verses Christians. 18 through 25. It says, okay. is... is is any man called being circumcised? Now he's just going to use this Jewish ordinance as an illustration. Let him not become uncircumcised. Is any called uh, in uncircumcision? Let him not be circumcised. Circumcision is nothing, and uncircumcision is nothing but the keeping of the commandment of God. Now he brings this up to say, look, you need to understand this is not an issue. You just remain who you are, where you are. Let every man abide in the same calling wherewith he, wherein he was called. Art thou called being a servant? Care not for it. But if thou mayest be made free, use it rather. For he that is called in the Lord is a servant. Uh, being a servant is the Lord's free man. Likewise also uh, he that is called being free is Christ's servant. Be uh, 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 Ye are bought with a price... Be not, be not then servants of men. Brethren, 
let every man wherein he is called therein abide with with God. Now, the point of the servant, the point of circumcision, all of that is just to say, look, just like you remain who you are and you don't fight to get into another situation, that's the same with marriage. If you're married, remain married. If you're uh, as as much as possible, but if they leave, they leave, then that's the circumstance you find yourself in. Serve God in the circumstance you find yourself Amen. in. And if you then are married, or un- if you wind up being unmarried and you desire to get married, then there's nothing sinful about it. Get married. Now, then in verse 25, he says, now concerning virgins. What about if I've never been married, I've never been with a man, or I've never been with a woman? Concerning virgins, I have no commandment of the Lord. There is nothing that says you have to get married or that you're... uh, you're It's a good thing or I'd be living in sin right now. (laughs) (laughs) There it is. Crystal needed this podcast. (laughs) It's actually what it was for. You guys just didn't know that. Now concerning virgins, I have no commandment of the Lord, yet... I, I give my judgment as one that hath obtained mercy of the Lord uh, to be faithful. I suppose, therefore, that this is good for the present time. There was a, they were going through a time of major social upheaval, did not know what was going to be taking place, sort of like 2020 um, <laughs> I, uh, or 2021. 21. <laughs> I, I say that it is good for a man to be so. Art thou bound to a wife? Seek not to be loosed. Art thou loosed from a wife? Seek not a wife. But if thou marry, thou hast not sinned. And if a virgin marry, she hath not sinned. Nevertheless, such have I, uh, such shall have trouble in the flesh, but I spare you. Wow. Isn't that amazing? That's so helpful. So, we, there are so many, I, so many women that I have talked to because... I, it's so important to teach about one woman, one man, one lifetime. And I think we talk about that so much and encourage that so much that these girls that grow up in it and then they get married to somebody who's completely unfaithful and tells them, well, you can get over it and continues to be unfaithful and has no desire for reconciliation. Often those girls that I have talked to have these women feel like I'm stuck in this. Or this I'm is a what, dirty, or I'm a dirty yes, vessel. If, it, if I leave, I'm in sin. And this clearly shows, no, they broke the marriage laws. They committed adultery. The act is already done. You, There's nothing you can do about it. You're more than welcome to stay and try to fix work this, work out. things out. But, but you're not forced you to. are not forced to. And when you leave, if you have a desire within you to marry, you are allowed to get married and you're not in sin. But please look for a man who loves the Lord, that is a Christian, who serves the Lord and knows what a Christian husband should be living like. So I, I find a lot of the women that do get out of those situations, they don't want to get back into marriage. Yeah. Well, they, what, they, they're kind of... When we come to verse, from verses 30, and I'm not going to go through all of this in detail because we're going to be out of time again in just a minute. So, uh, But he, he, he goes into detail about 
why it's it's not good to be married, why it is good to be married, and that it, when you do get married, you need to focus on ministering to your wife or your husband, and the unmarried person gets to focus on whatever, like uh, their golden retrievers or whatever they <laughs> want a beautiful to. thing. <laughs> and and putting have, out all these podcasts. We don't have any trouble in the flesh. <laughs> as a positive. So, so the, but the final, the, 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 the final word is in verse 39 when it comes to who to marry. It says the wife is bound unto the, uh, by the law to, as long as her husband liveth. But if her husband be dead, she is at liberty to be married to whom she will. And here's the key, only in the Lord. Mm. So it's very important. Uh, it's very important that we understand that God permits uh, the, the, uh, the remarriage. God permits and will bless. And he looks at, from back in Deuteronomy, he looks at a person that has been divorced and remarried. He looks at them as legitimately married. He looks at the, at, at the former husband and the latter husband. He looks at, this is a legitimate marriage. The, should the sin of adultery be confessed? Yes. Do I, it, but that was, a, that was an issue that happened before the new marriage took place. Mm. So now I'm remarried. I'm serving the Lord, and I'm doing what God wants us to do. Then I need to apply the scripture that God never wants me to divorce the spouse. So how do I live? I live with where God has placed me, where I am right now. And if you're married to a God to a godly person, I'm not saying a perfect person. You're married to somebody who loves Jesus. Someone and, who's not breaking the marriage yeah, vows. That's right. If and saying... I'm going to keep doing this. Yes, if you then you stay. You work through things. Everybody has difficulties in marriage, and you work through these. Now, why do you work through them? You work through them for the sake of the name of Jesus Christ. Number two, for your own sake, uh, because God wants you to be successful. And number three, and I think I, I think I probably put that under action. Number two, number one, for the for the sake of the name of Jesus Christ. Number two, for the sake of the children. God wants you to be an example to these children. And then number three, so um, uh, for your own sake, because uh, you don't want to go through another heart. Because no matter situation. what, you're going to be connected with this person. When you divorce them, you have kids, you're going to be connected for yeah. the rest of your life. You're going to go to weddings, you're going to go to holidays, things that you have to be around them. Yes. The um, What you said is so important about those who, I, I mean, I, I can't reiterate this more. When I was just last week dealt with a woman who said, this is the second time my husband in six months has been, um, he's remorseful. He's having e-sexual affairs and meaning electronic. He's, he's doing, but he's remorseful. He's remorseful. There's one thing about getting being remorseful, and then there's one another thing about taking action to that remorse, finding re, being repentive, and saying, "Okay, I'm going to I'm going to download those. Um, what is the covenant eyes? I'm going to co- get covenant eyes, which is an excellent app that helps men and women who have who struggle with pornography." I'm going to have accountability and taking action. So somebody that's just, oh, they're remorseful and want to come back. Oh, I'm sorry I did this year after year after year. And there's no action to 
what they, there's there's no action to change. It's still your own choice. Do you want to stay in this? You can stay with stay in this, but do you have to? Absolutely not. You can. There are steps to help somebody get through sin and overcome sin. And that is that what needs to be focused on for that person next, correct? Correct. Uh, Solomon said, He that covereth his sin shall not prosper, but whoso confesseth, and here's the key, forsaketh it, yeah. shall have the mercy of God. You, you receive mercy when you say, God, not just this was wrong, but I want to forsake this. Right. Then God in his mercy will help you overcome and you do not have to live. You do not have to be controlled by, by Absolutely. sin, no matter and how much your flesh. And people stumble and people That's have. Right. But there is there are action steps that people need to follow. That can, There's things that can help your marriage that are out there. There are accountability. There's, there's friends that can be accountable to you. There is help all over. If you need that help, you can message us at the church. You can contact us and email on davidtice.com and we can connect you with different organizations that help with those specific needs. So I hope this has been a help. Does God, can God use a divorced and remarried man? Can God use an imperfect person? Can God use an imperfect spouse? Oh yeah. If you go into the life, if you go into the the lineage of the Lord Jesus Christ, you'll find in the lineage of the Lord Jesus Christ people who committed adultery, families that were all messed up. Uh, you have Rahab the harlot uh, there. God used her as uh, to, uh, as a she's a great 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 grandmother of of the Lord Jesus Christ. Ruth you have, the Moabitess. You have Ruth the, the Moabitess. You have Moabite, the, and people think of Ruth as this godly spiritual woman. She was, but Moabites. They were the descendant of Lot and his daughters. So that's like, ooh, disgusting. And if you read through Ruth, that's all she's called throughout the whole thing. Oh, Ruth. Oh, Ruth the Moabitess. Yes. Oh, gross. Yes. So when we remember who these people are during their time, they weren't what we think of them now. God, and by, if God doesn't use the sinners, then God can't use anyone. Go amen. ahead, Crystal. Oh, I was just going to say, fun fact, by Jewish law... David then was not eligible to be king because of how closely related he was to a Moabite. And so oh God violated goodness. his own law in selecting David as king. Isn't that amazing? That's Talk about incredible. forgiveness. Hang around smart people. Guess what happens? You get smarter. <laughs> <laughs> he that walked with, with wise men. That's why I sit here with these two doctors. <laughs> hey. He that walked with wise Dr. men shall Heath be wise. and Dr. Tice. He that walketh with wise women. So, and men shall be wise. But a companion of fools shall be destroyed. Mm -hmm. So I gotta go get with my kids. I hope that this is <laughs> I hope I that this has been a help to you. And uh I'm excited. Listen, I want to remind you that uh we are what are we doing? What am I reminding him about? <laughs> this is Tice Talks, is and Tice it's Talks. more than a conversation. So the only thing we need to tell him is that next time it, this is actually a three part. Yes. Episode. This is the first time we've done a three part, I think, but uh, we need to have a part three to kind of wrap things up and be. And what we're going to talk about practical. is the practical when you are in a blended family, the different standards that you may want to help, different guards that you could help set up, and what it's like, the different dynamics of a blended family. We have in the, the last chapter in a book, in fact, I think it was an, an appendix to the book, was a 
was um, on, on the raising, raising God's kids in Sin City is on the blended family. Uh, so we will talk about principles that are in the book that uh, will help you to, as a blended family, be, be successful. God wants you to succeed. God has a plan for success. And don't let the devil tell you that because you're, you're in a blended family, you can just never have a good time. You can have a great, great influence. And your children can be used tremendously by God if you'll just surrender and uh, thank him for your situation, surrender, and be totally open and honest uh, with your children about who you are. We'll talk about that more on the next Tice Talks. All right. And don't forget to pick up your copy of Thrive in Your Prayer Life. It is Pastor Tice's, my dad's latest devotional guide. It's a 90-day devotional guide on prayer, how to excel in your prayer life. It's short daily devotionals. You don't want to miss out on getting this on davidtice.com. You can get it for $9.99. Three dollars shipping. It is worth it. So grab yourself a copy and send one to your friend. Save on shipping. All right. This is <laughs> Tice Talks. Yes, and it's more than a conversation. <laughs>